Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Gator Nation, welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. This is the Thanksgiving edition of the ROD podcast. Guys, as always, I'm your boy Hirsch with me, CJ the Man McCann. What's up, guys? And the still hanging on to a little bit of his hype, man, the West, our man Wes. The West man hype. The West hype man. <laughs> Hold on, guys. I'm going to get through this Tourette's for you real quick and this – uh. This, you know, stuttering Stanley thing I got going on. Guys, as always, make sure you go out, download us wherever you get your podcast from. And if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you're checking us out, this is your first time, and you're like, man, I don't know if I want to subscribe to this channel. This guy can't speak straight to save his damn life. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to get it together for you. I promise. Go ahead. Hit that subscribe button. Drop a like. And, guys, in the comments down below, give us your favorite go-to side item for Thanksgiving. Whether it be mac and cheese, uh, sweet potato casserole, whatever it is, man, green bean casserole. I hope it ain't that. I think it's gross, but that's just me. But like I said, drop your go-to in the comments below. We'll, <laughs> give, them a, we'll, we'll give them a big like. All right, boys. Um, we're going to do things a little different week, this week, guys. We're gonna, this is going to be the, uh, like we said, this is the Thanksgiving edition of the podcast. And we're going we're gonna to get together tonight and we're going to talk about things that we're thankful for. We know last week's episode was kind of somber, was a little gloomy. Um, but man, I know that's where we are. I mean, we're not going, we've never been guys that are just going to sit here and sunshine pump through the podcast and give y'all a bunch of, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, we've, we've preached patience and we had patience. 
And we still have patience for certain situations. But we do want to be thankful for things, too, because, you know, we still get enjoyment from the Florida Gators, from recruiting, from all of that, even though we get frustrated and we get mad. We get on Twitter and we fire the whole staff and then we bring them back the next day. And, you know, um, but we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting first before we get to that. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, we've got some visits. Uh, as far as DJ Lagway watch, you know, we do it every week. DJ's team advanced one more week in the playoff. DJ had another big weekend. They are playing DeSoto High School this weekend. DeSoto is ranked number seven nationally. So this is going to be a huge, huge game to show what DJ can do on what will be an absolute, uh, I'm not going to say national stage, but it kind of is when you're playing a nationally ranked team. They will be playing that game in San Antonio on Friday night. I do not yet know where it will be streaming, but I would assume given such a large matchup against such a big-time opponent that this game will be streaming somewhere. Last week's game, I couldn't find it anywhere. So be on the lookout for our social media accounts. If we find the link for that game, we will post it on our account. So if you'd like to on Friday, you're eating some leftovers, hanging around, you don't feel like doing anything, you're in a food coma, and you want to watch DJ Lagway play, you know, by all means. Um, Now, the downside to that is it doesn't look like DJ will be able to make it to the to this game Saturday. Um, and the reason being that is they're in San Antonio. That's a long, he's got to come all the way back to Willis, get on a plane early. The next, uh, it's just a lot for the family. Um, according to his dad, they were still trying to work out maybe logistics to see if it could happen. And I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent. He's not going to show, but it doesn't look real good for that right now. And it sucks, man. Cause there's going to be a lot of kids there over 125 kids, uh, Visiting this weekend between 2024, 2025, 2026. Um, just some highlight names. I mean, commitments. DJ, not DJ's still, like I said, it's still up in the air, but Darius Hayes, Miles Graham, Aaron Childs is going to be here. I think this might be Childs' first visit since his commitment back in the summer. So that's good. Josiah Davis, uh, Xavier Filsamy will be there. He took a midweek visit to Texas this week, guys. So, you know, it's something to keep an eye on. You got to get him back on campus, though. Um, keep letting him know it's home. He says he's firm. You know, obviously we know how this stuff goes. Uh, Tay Foster, Kendall Jackson, LJ McCray is going to come and his buddy Xavier Mincy is going to come with him. That's a huge visit to get Xavier on campus one more time, you know, as you're trying to, to close out for that signature from him. TJ Abrams, Isaiah Williams, Amir Jackson, and Marcus Mascal will all be there. So a lot of the commitments will be on campus. That's a great thing. Um, Amaris Williams will not be able to make it to this game. I know there's we have a lot of concern about that young man right now, flirting with Ohio State and whatnot. He's got a playoff game this weekend as well, which is prohibiting him you know, from being able to be at the game. Some other 2024 commits that we want to talk about real quick. I already mentioned Xavier Mincy, but uh, Gregory Smith, safety prospect that we're still recruiting heavily, um, Kiwan Lacey, running back, previously committed to Nebraska, will be visiting. Um, it's getting a lot of uh, favoritism towards Alabama right now, but we're trying to add a second back to this class. They're very high on um, Kiwan Lacey. Um, Jameer Grimsley is supposed to be at the game. Alabama commit as we continue to try to recruit and possibly flip that young man. 
I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't see it happening at this point in time. Uh, he wanted to see the Gators have a, a winning record this year. Uh, and CJ has mentioned this many times, you know, the kid values wins over money and things like that. And you got to respect that, man. I have no problem with a kid wanting to go somewhere where he knows he's going to get developed. He knows who his staff's going to be. He knows they're going to win football games in this day and age. I, I respect that. Um, Damon Evans, uh, defensive line prospect, currently committed to Texas A&M, making another visit to Gainesville. I think this is a kid now that we do need to be on the watch for. He's made several visits. Um, he doesn't have a coach to hold his commitment in place right now at Texas A&M. So, and we could use him to you know to supplement some of the losses we've had on the defensive line with recruiting. And finally, everybody's favorite 2024. Uh, recruit who likes to come to every week and get us in a stir. Jeremiah Smith will be at the game. Yay. (laughs) I'm officially off the being excited about Jeremiah Smith visiting. Um, And if you want to believe Twitter rumors right now, he may be visiting more to see Florida state than he is Florida, but we'll see what happens. Guys, anything that sticks out to you about the recruiting list this weekend, as we get, you know, as this is our last game, last chance to impress recruits in a game setting. CJ. I'm glad to have Aaron Childs back. I like Aaron Childs a lot. Um, yes, sir. He's kind of the forgotten man in the linebacker room that we've got committed, but he might be probably the second best pure linebacker we've got committed. <laughs> I mean, Miles Graham obviously is number one, but Aaron Childs is – yeah, but as far as an actual linebacker, yeah. Childs is probably – the second best and it's close i think he's because you know, hayes could player. be a hayes could end up being a um, an edge type when it's all said and done i understand what you mean by that right yeah that, that's the worry with hayes is is you know being like an edge you know kind of guy that tweener that we're worried about but i think it is hayes could definitely develop um he's kind of guy that you definitely take a chance with developing him into a true linebacker um you know it's just hard because in high school ball it's you don't have a lot of teams that have true linebackers anymore. You know, the way defenses go and how these guys play it now, uh, a lot of them are just there to rush the quarterback. A lot of high schools just run a lot more than they throw. Um, that's just the, you know, how high school football works. You got a lot of running teams and they play a lot of run. They play a lot of get to the backfield. So, um, yeah, but no, I think that's the one that sticks out to me. It's just glad to have Aaron Childs back. Um, Q and Lacey, you know, you'd, you'd like to have him in the running back class. I think the Gators have made progress with Baugh as well if uh, he doesn't work out. I um, mean, a lot of love for Q1 Lacey to go to Alabama right now. And, again, I don't blame him. You look at their list of running backs and who they've produced, it's hard to tell Nick Saban, no, I don't want to come be your running back. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, you get the kids on campus. They can change their mind. You, you can convince them. They get excited. They get caught up in a moment. It is what it is. It's what you do. Um, you know, but th- that's great. And DJ, again, don't I wouldn't worry about DJ. Just, you know, I mean, that's a long trip. We DJ's been here enough to have residents in Gainesville at this point. He's, you know, been here a ton this year. So, um, and they've you know, turned around yeah. and made trips on, on little notice a lot right. of times. Like, right. you know, and so I totally understand it with the game he's got going into. It's a massive game, uh, against a very good football team. So, um, yeah, you know, just, you know, good to have all these guys here. It's the last home game, uh, the season it might be your last game of the season. So, um, definitely just go ahead and get this thing going and get the ball rolling. Um, and we'll find out where we stand after Saturday. 
Yeah, and as far as Lacey goes, you just said it, man. If Nick Saban wants you in his running back room, that speaks highly of of his of the evaluation for that young man. So I'd really like to see us put some pressure on that kid and see if we get him in the class. Wes, what are your thoughts about this being the last, you know, obviously game setting that these kids come to this year? I love it. <clears throat> I speak about one commit that um, – and the reason I speak about it because we lost uh, Waller from out of Auburn. I mean, from out of two Auburn, from out of Alabama, is the kid Daylon Evans. Uh, you mentioned it that uh, Texas A&M is, has fired Jimbo, so he don't really have a coach. He was a guy rumored early that we were supposed to flip ever since, like, June, July, August. Like, hey, is he going to flip? Is he on flip watch? We kept talking about him. It was a lot of chatter about him. Uh, this may be the prime opportunity for us to go ahead and get that flip, but we're going to get it. Uh, with him coming in, like I said, replacing Waller uh, will be huge asset to getting us back on the right ship. As far as, you know, we had the three commitments that we lost uh, a week ago. Uh, I would love to have him in this class. Uh, he he kind of flirted with us, as I spoke about, and the rumors that, you know, we, we kind of had him in the fold, and we kind of got to the point where we didn't need him anymore. Uh, we, I don't want to say we kind of, like, need him now, but we lost kind of two D, D, two D linemen uh, last week. So I would love to get Evans in his class. Um and, and they try to give me the four. I love the commits that are coming out to see the game. Uh, we have a lot of 25 and 26 guys coming out. Uh, it's a seven o'clock game, so it's going to be at night. It's against a rival. And I can imagine the swamp uh, is going to be electric. Uh, you know, you want to get a chance to upset a top five team in the country, not Florida State out of the playoffs. So they're going to be fired up. Uh, so. Uh, the kids get to experience that and see how loud it's going to be, like, in the atmosphere. So I, I love the, what we're going to be showing. Yeah, I'm not going to really dive into the 25, 26 recruits that are coming now. Um, right now. I mean, Waltez Carr running back commit's going to be there. Vernell Brown the is going to be there. I mean, you're going to have a lot of kids there. And, and all the list of, of people that are coming have not even been released yet. But right now, I would really, you know, obviously if you're recruiting staff, you're always putting – emphasis on the 25 kids in the 26 class, but I really want to see the staff buckle down on these last few spots for 24 um, and get that sewn up because you've also in another week or so here, you know, in a couple of weeks, you've got the portal is about to open up and you need to know, you need to be asking some of these kids, look, we need a decision. We need to know because we need to know how many roster spots we're dealing with here as far as what we really need to be targeting numbers wise in the portal, you know, Hey, if you're not coming, what it is, what it is, you know, but we need to know because we need to go after a position that you may be, you know, we need to go after a cornerback. We need to go after a defensive tackle in the portal. Um, and it's that time of year, man. It's going to be, it's, it's, it's balls to the wall. It's, it's got to be busy time. Yeah. Pause. But so that's where we are with recruiting visits this weekend. It should be an electric atmosphere, like Wes said. I mean, you know the Swamp, Florida State, night game, last game of the season. Um, anything that can happen will happen. We know how that rolls. So hopefully, you know, these kids see a, a raucous environment and they get caught up in it and they really like what we got going on. And hopefully the Gators pull out a W for them and, and, and spoil Florida State's uh, playoff dreams, you know, hate that it has to be done under the circumstances it's done, you know, 
I'm going to send all our get well wishes to Jordan Travis. Uh, I hate it for that kid. He came back. He's, he's worked his tail off. You know, I'm not going to go give Florida state too much love, but I will always respect good kids that are, you know, putting a lot of time and work into their craft and, and, haven't given you any reason whatsoever to ever dislike them. There's no, you know, you're never going to wish injury or hope for anything like that to happen. Hopefully the young man gets well soon and he's ready to go before the combine gets here. But if it means we can also take down Florida state in the, you know, in the process, then Hey, that would be a great way to end this season. It'd be a great note to end it on after we fell short against Missouri and, you know, it's a heartbreaking game, and we're not going to spend any time dwelling on that. It is what it is. Y'all all saw it. Y'all know what happened. Um, y'all know we're at, you know, Graham Mertz is gone now for the season with the broken clavicle. And that goes into our next segment about the things we're thankful for as far as the Florida Gators in this season go. And um, I think we can all speak to the fact that we're very thankful for Graham Mertz and the effort that he gave this season. And the time and effort into learning the offense to learning his plays, the players around him, you know, he came to this team and learned a whole new offense came with a bad rap. Everybody that was anybody said he was the worst quarterback in the SEC, maybe one of the worst portal pickups of the year, blah, blah, blah. You know, y'all know what all got said and he proved everybody wrong. I don't care if you think that Graham Mertz is a, good quarterback, great quarterback, average quarterback. The young man put up a phenomenal season, 2,900 yards passing. I said at the beginning of the season, if Graham Mertz had 2,700 yards passing and 24 touchdowns against 12 interceptions, I would be excited for that season. And he he did well better than that. I mean, he only had 20 touchdown passes, but only against three interceptions. All of those tipped balls. Um, the last one in the Missouri game was his fault. He threw a high ball and it got tipped. I mean, but he didn't throw one interception just into a bad coverage. Um, he was very protective of the ball, maybe too much at times, but hey, I'd rather him that than, you know, be reckless with it. He knows what he is. He knows what his skill set is. Um, was very, very I'm very thankful and very happy for the season that Graham Mertz gave us under the circumstances. And hopefully he comes back and gives us even better one next year, you know, and we move on from there. Wes, I'm going to go to you next, man. What, what are some things you're thankful for about this team this season? You kind of stole some of the things that I was going to say. No, I get back up on them. Keep, keep it rolling. It's okay. It's, it's Graham Mertz and he, he exceeded expectations for, me and a lot of Gator Nation. Uh, I'm not going to say I eat crow because the guy came out highly touted and we knew, you know, what he came out as ranked as far as coming out of high school. And we knew the talent that he had in Wisconsin. The offense, there was a lot of talk about uh, Billy Napier speaking to his old head coach and him saying, hey, we didn't put that kid in a uh, position to do well to succeed. So uh, a lot of his mistakes were on were on us. So I'm I'm grateful for the, the 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 kid, the way he wore the Gator uniform, the way he went out. I mean, this is not his last game, and I'll get into that in a second. But the way he went out trying to get that first down is a epitome of his whole year. Uh, in 2018, Hirsch, C.J., fans, you went 10-2, I believe. 10-2, 11-2, I can't remember, with Felipe Franks. 
he's better. If you put him on that Felipe Franks team, we may beat Georgia and LSU that year. I think we lost to Georgia and LSU, if I'm not mistaken. There's a chance we win one of those games. That with the defense that was at that point in time and the offensive skill plays with Van Jefferson and uh Rimes and uh uh Pitts and those guys out there, and I think we had John Scarlett in the backfield with uh uh Michael P. Ryan. If we if we with the offensive line basically is what I'm saying, with the offensive line with Richard Garage and those boys, he may have but we couldn't keep the kids safe. And to me, that's that's the uh, the thing that 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 Kind of was his season. We kept looking at: Is he gonna get back up? Is he gonna be okay? Because uh, he kept getting knocked down. And the, the most thankful thing that I that I'm grateful for is that he's coming back next year. I spoke about it on this podcast for weeks on end on the fact that the kid is a film junkie from everything that we, me, CJ, and Hersh have heard. The kid is the last one leave the facility. The first one in. He loved to look at it, and we have a highly talented five star quarterback coming in. Who better to learn from? None of us want. DJ Lagway on the field starting week one, even if Mertz leaves. That's that would we would want another transfer quarterback to come in. We don't want him starting, but the, he's the perfect tool of the guy. Like we talk about these bridge guys sometimes that come in, like a fifth-year starter, a fifth-year senior, some guy you may draft that's a three-star, not draft that you may recruit that's a three-star that you bring in and maybe a program guy that never transferred. No, this is where uh his ceiling is as far as the guy that may be playing in front of him but gets his chance, that's Mertz in this sense. And to have him to be able to tutage and teach and show Mertz the way of the uh, college football arena, I'm thinking that he's going to be coming back and teach a guy that I, 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 that we all in Gideon Nation believe that's going to lead us to the promised land and out of this depth and darkness that we've been in for the last decade or so. <laughs> we would not – and I'll end on this before I go to UNCJ. In a few years, and DJ will probably speak of this – this in New York when he wins his Heisman, he will say how important Graham Mertz was. <laughs> hey, I got he was. He would talk about how great Graham Mertz was his freshman year as far as showing him the ropes and showing him how to be a uh, not a pro but a, a college football athlete. I'm speaking that. All right. Well, damn, that's some prophetic uh, hype man West dialogue man. right there. The, the hype man West CJ yeah. CJ. I know that's a tough act to follow. What do you got to say? Uh, as far as giving thanks for you know, um, how about how about the emergency emergence of of Eugene Wilson, of a guy that has just given this offense and this team a, a spark. I mean, know. he's 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 a. Before the season, yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll Trey, let you have was, Eugene. No, no, no. And, and you I, finish. I, you say what you got because I just want to say that before the season, you know, I was the I was the band leader for the Trey Wilson hype machine, and yeah, that young man. Thank you, uh, thank you to his parents for having him. Thank you to his coaches in high school for developing. But yes, please finish your yeah. thought. Yeah, we we've looked like a different offense on the field since he's been. I mean, you look at the Tennessee game. And then the time you missed, and then you get him back, and it's like, wow, oh my God, look at this guy. Uh, but no, it's just great to have a guy like that again. Uh, Florida's known for having guys like that, um, and we were missing that guy for a little while. Um, so it's great to have that back on the team. Um, but no, uh, Ricky Pearsall, uh, Ricky Pearsall yeah. has come in and become a legend. 
among Gator Nation, the guy, he's going to be a guy that we look back on years down the road um, as a guy that was not recruited here. Uh, he entered the transfer. He's a transfer from Arizona State um, and, and has come in and completely embraced us. Uh, we've embraced him and and just absolutely what a, what a game, what a player, what a game breaker, what a guy that, um, you know, just a solid presence um, at the wide receiver spot. Um, great great player, great leader, um, a guy that's always dependable. Um, you know, we talked about, we talked about Graham Mertz. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't like Graham Mertz, weren't, weren't happy to, to get Graham Mertz. And I think everybody's kind of changed their tone. Um, at least I would hope so. Um, you know, a guy to go out like that, uh, just absolutely. And we've seen it a few times this year where he just, uh, puts his life on the line for Florida. And we appreciate that because, you know, that's, that's, you know, how we all feel. Um, and he came in and he didn't, he didn't complain. You didn't see Graham Mertz get upset. You don't see Graham Mertz run to Twitter. You don't see Graham Mertz say anything about his haters or his doubters or anything like that. As far as you know, Graham Mertz doesn't know those people exist. And I'm sure he heard it, but it wasn't ever it wasn't ever something he put out there. It was never anything where he said, you know, I've had a lot of people doubt me. He doesn't say it. He just goes and does his thing. Um, you know, I think Graham is a good enough and a smart enough kid to understand that a lot of the criticism he garnered early was probably some, a lot of that was his fault. And uh, I think he was man enough um, to, 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 to look at that and say, okay, I'm going to work harder than anybody's ever worked. And I'm going to be a player that people are proud to have. Um, and I think everybody in Gator Nation is extremely proud of Graham Mertz. Um, defensively, there's guys, Cameron Jackson come to mind uh, as a guy, Shamar James, before he got hurt. You know, you're thankful for those guys. Um, you know, a lot of the freshmen have been playing their tails off, um, you know, you know, getting more time than I think anybody. Um and I think, you know, as bad as we felt last week, um, I think we can look at it and be thankful that I, I think, honestly, there are brighter days ahead for this team. I think there are brighter days ahead for this program. Um, you know, that's the hope. Uh, I think that's the way you have to look at it. Um, you know, I don't know when we'll, when we'll get back to what we're, where we want to be. I don't think any of us do, but there are some bright spots. There are some guys um, that have shown me that there are things going in the right direction still. Um, you know, as as much as we get upset and frustrated with other things, there are guys who believe in this. Um, you know, a guy doesn't go head first into four defensive players, break his collarbone because he doesn't believe the head coach knows what he's doing. Um you don't take those chances. Um, so I, I think that we need to stay the course. I'm still thankful, still thankful right now that Billy Napier is our head coach. Um, as unpopular of an opinion as that's going to be, that's still mine. I, I think the guy is doing as good as I could hope right now. I mean, it's not great. Things aren't perfect. Um, but right now, today, I'm still happy he's our head coach. 
Amen. Um, I got a couple of guys and, and Wes might want to come back around after he hears who I don't talk about, because I know he's probably in the back of his mind. He There's more guys he's thankful for. I know a couple. Um, one, Trey Smack. Hey, man. I am thankful that we have a kicker with a big leg that's accurate at a high, you know, high accuracy rate. My God, thank you, Trey Smack, for your emergence this season. At least that's one less thing to worry about going into next year. Um, CJ, you talk about Ricky Persall. How sick does Arizona State fans have to be knowing that just a couple of years ago they had Jaden Daniels, Ricky Persall, and Johnny Wilson all on their offensive side of the football? <laughs> and, and Brandon Ayuk. And Brandon Ayuk the year the season before, yeah. Woo. Um, but yes, Ricky, Ricky's gonna go down with with you know so many great gator wide receivers. Um before hers, what, what you know what his yards at? Because I wanted him to get a thousand. I don't know what he might nine, get. He's about right 50, at yards, 50 yards away. He, he needs like uh 48 yards or something like that to get there, or 56. It's 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 right at the 50 yard mark. I hope we can uh, get but, him there. I know, but hey man, there's a reason he got up and told and sent. Max Brown, the text that said one is always open. He 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 wants those fifty yards. You can bet on it. There's no receiver worth their salt that gets this close to the to the you know to the one thousand yard mark and doesn't want to eclipse it. Especially, you know, somebody has said you know the Gators haven't had a thousand yard receiver since Taylor Jacobs did it uh, eight eight hundred years ago. I mean, like it's just it's and it's wild to think about that, but it has you know we haven't. So that would be a big monumental kind of achievement for Ricky. Um, and a couple other guys, uh, Jake Slaughter, very thankful for Jake Slaughter's emergence this year with Kingsley being in and out so many times. And then even when Kingsley does play, he'll go down and Jake comes right in. And at first we were very, Oh God, this guy's not great, but he has emerged. Um, so thankful for him. Um, Hayden Hansen, another guy I want to tell you I'm thankful for. A young tight end that we didn't even think probably would play this season at the beginning of the year, you know, talking about Boardingham, you know, all the hype that was around him and um, obviously Odom and then Zip got hurt. And um, um, I'm forgetting the other one because he hadn't even played this year, the one that used to to, um, be a defensive guy. Man, my dang mind has slipped. See, nobody remember. <laughs> uh, Xanders? Xanders! Yeah. Yeah, you know, we didn't even I didn't know if you were talking about him or Savania. Yeah, I can't, you know, Xanders, we thought Xanders was going to be st- starting tight end this season. Um, But Hayden Hansen has come on, and if you watch him play each week, he has gotten better. His blocking better. His receiving better his run after the catch had a great play against Missouri I mean yeah. people aren't thinking about him catching the ball so very thankful for that young man and his emergence after probably not expecting to play near as much as he's played this year um defensively and I don't I don't want to go too deep into this but um Kelby Collins and TJ Searcy tremendously thankful for those two freshmen and the amount if I'd have told you and this isn't a bragging point. It's actually kind of sad. But if I'd have told you at the beginning of the year, you know, 
hey, Princely's going to lead the team in sacks. Y'all would probably be like, well, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, you know. But Kelby Collins is going to be second. You know. Now, granted, he's only doing that with like three sacks. So that's something that obviously we're not very thankful for. That needs some more, but that's not what we're here for. But he's played very well in his opportunities, and you've seen him progressively get better. The same with TJ Searcy. He's made some mistakes, but you've also seen him flash what is, you know, once he puts on some more weight and, you know, some good weight, some strength and whatnot as he's you know, gets into year two. Those are two guys that I think are going to be tremendously counted on next season. Wes, anybody else that you're thankful for? Yeah, I'm going to go – yeah, I'm going to hit two guys right quick. and and One better be a safety or I'm going to be mad that you didn't say something. (laughs) I'm I'm going to start with uh, the corner first. Uh, We've – I don't know. It's been years since Chauncey left that we didn't have a guy that could play that nickel – uh, star position, whatever you want to call it. Jaden Hill uh, has been excellent at playing that star position. Uh, it was a, uh, it, it was good to see. We we try guys in and out, and it just didn't had to work. And even and, and I think I like what Armstrong does. He blitzes him a lot sometimes. A couple times he's kind of missed some tackles. There is not a strong shoes tackle. He's not big enough to to be in there. Sometimes he made a cut tackle on that elite back of Missouri had last week. Uh, that when he came down and blitzed on a run blitz. But uh, he's been solid in coverage. Uh, he's been everything we've asked for. He's been a guy that – He gives guys. tremendous effort. He loves the university. He's in – the, in the line of grammar, I think he was one of the leaders. I think he spoke out against some guys uh, last year that got one in the portal. Uh, you know, he, he's one of those guys that you wish could, could play a couple more years. I uh, wish he had gotten hurt because I don't think he's the same guy he's when he got here after he tore his knee. But uh, – he played a hell of a hell of a role in that slot this year, and I'm gonna give my boy, even though I, it's some things I want to see him work on, and this is true freshman year. I'm gonna give my boy Castell. Y'all know I loved him. I talked about him. I just want, I know he's some things I want to see him do better because I have that I have a high standard for him. Uh, after seeing him early in the year, uh, to me, I thought he would come in next year as one of those preseason All American. I mean, first team SEC, not All American as far as the country, but in SEC first team, I think he can still get there. Um, Hirsch and CJ have gotten on me about uh, he's hit that wall and maybe he has, he's leading the team in tackles since Shamar's went down uh, he was close behind Shamar even when he was here uh, but I love that kid uh, I, I think he has a lot of potential and a lot of growth and, and he, he's one too that I believe loves the University of Florida and I believe he's going to take on, I, I, he has that personality to me that's going to make our defense better because he's going to start as a freshman it's kind of hard to do that you don't really see a lot of guys do that. But as far as well, we saw the uh, Swamp Kings where Brandon Spikes had to start taking more. Uh, um, uh, Tim Tebow start taking more as far as speaking to people. Spikes talked about how hard it was for him to, 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 to do that and become that guy as a, uh, early on in his career. But then he got it as a junior year. So I, I think Castell, uh, his personality, what I'm seeing, what I've seen on social media when he wanted to be recruited, how much he loves universities in Florida will be that guy that will communicate things well in the secondary, get our secondary to where they need to be uh, with these young guys because he's going to be the elder statesman because we we feel like a lot of young guys are going to end up playing <laughs> because what we see the guys that are there now. So he's going to have to be that, hey, I need you here, the communicator back there in the back end, and that's going to come with experience and maturity. So uh, I love uh, Castell, what he did this year. He made some mistakes, but he's a true freshman playing in the SEC, 
And, and I just love his potential where he's going to be. Yeah, you nailed it, man. There is going to be – that secondary next year, I got a feeling, is going to be a youth movement. Um, Jalen Kimber is walking for senior day, so that tells me he's probably out the door. So is Jadon Hill. Um, and opinions vary on Jason Marshall, but I know as of right now, I don't think anybody's going to be terribly upset if Jason Marshall either declares for something or, or decides to – that maybe that Gainesville is not the place he wants to be. Um, and maybe he doesn't. Maybe they maybe they decide, hey, I mean, you just need one more year to, to clear your head with some different guys around you, whatever. But I have a feeling that one way or another, I think we see that whole room pretty much clean out and the young guys take over. Um, Bryce Thornton's got a lot of snaps this year. Uh, Jakeem Jackson obviously is the next guy. That, I mean, we know that. We've seen him play. We've seen him make some mistakes, but then we've seen him make some some really good plays for a, a freshman. He's one of those guys that, you know, he needs to put on a little weight and, you know, so he can physically take on some of these SEC wide receivers where you see him maybe get stiff-armed off and he can't recover because he's not quite where he needs to be physically yet. But that's being a true freshman in the SEC. Like, <laughs> So, I mean, and then you're going to see, you know, Dejon Johnson and, and and Gates and all these kids next year. You know, they a lot of these kids have played some snaps this year, and they're going to be better for it next year. They're going to know what to be, re- you know, what to be. They're going to be prepared for what they've seen. And that gun comes with Castell as well. Castell must, was the most physically ready, but even him, and Wes said it, we've mentioned over and over again that we think he hit the wall. And the reason I think he's hit the wall is – he didn't just get worse as a player as the year went on. He's missing some tackles that earlier in the season he was he was making. He's taking some – he just looks tired. He looks worn down like he just can't physically hold up anymore. And that's what I think is that he's just, he's just physically worn out. And I'll say this to you guys' credit. I remember watching Marcus May – our last two safety was Marcus May and Keanu Neal. Those guys were – elite tandem together they struggled early on and as by the time they're sophomore junior well they're junior year really i think keanu left and marcus came back for his fourth year but they were dynamic what we were like they were elite they weren't that they were just elite playing beside each other and that takes time and sometimes playing early because i remember games against alabama i know keanu neal i think his freshman year we went down there and he had a great tackle but they got burnt a lot Marcus May and Keanu Neal in that against Alabama and LSU in some of those games where they we look like is that a five star is Keanu Neal really is Marcus May really a five star is Brian Poole really that guy and then by the time you saw those guys as junior it takes some play. time man especially and I'm not trying to put anyone down because that's not what this episode is about but if you don't have a lot of faith in the guy next to you to do his job it makes your job a lot harder. <laughs> so if you're the other safety and you've got a kill shot on a wide receiver and you get bounced, you know, your 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 safe your your partner at safety is like, man, I've got to be ready all the time because this joker ain't getting it done. Hey, the corner on this side, you know he's about to get beat. So I gotta make sure I got over the top. You know, it just it's a lot to wear on, especially on an 18-year-old kid who's been on hadn't been on campus a year like but once again that's one of those situations that next year 
we will be thankful that these young men got these minutes this year because they will be better for it. All right, guys, that's what we're thankful for. But we're going to talk right, right quick and we're going to make this a real quick kind of thing about what we expect out of this game Saturday night. And I don't know what to expect, to be very honest with you. How could you? Um, you don't know really what you're getting in Max Brown. You saw some really good flashes the other night. And then you saw the dynamic that he brings to Billy's offense and why Billy wants a DJ Lagway in his system. And I think that got people more excited than anything. They're, you know, they're not excited about what Ma- necessarily about what Max Brown did, but they're like, wait till DJ gets here and he gets these kinds of plays because you know what he brings to the table or what he should bring to the table. We've seen it all year long in his highlights. Um, guys, I'll CJ, I'll start with you. What do you expect? And give me a score prediction for Saturday night. Um, I think I think we saw it a lot. The offensive line played a little better towards the end of the game, and I think that that has a lot to do with the threat that Max Brown does give you running the football. Um, because when it's Graham, you know Graham isn't a runner. You know, we did some things with his legs, but they're not drawing up RPOs for Graham to, to take the ball and run. Um, the defense was always just pin their ears back we're coming after the backfield because they're either handing it to the back or Graham Mertz is dropping back and we're going to get back there and hit him. So as, as an offensive line, your offensive line is always backing up. Um, now with Max Brown, on the other hand, when he's running these read options, you've got a chance your offensive line can plant and they could set their feet because you've got a hesitation now with the defensive line because they've got to watch the ball. They've got to know who's getting it. They can't just – attack they can't just blow up the backfield because that's how you get beat with the read options somebody hands it to the other guy whoop you're watching his numbers get smaller as he runs down the the sideline um and i think that helps the the offensive line when you add a run threat as a quarterback because of that um especially against you know you got a team like florida state and and you know i know we don't like florida state i don't like florida state but Kalen Deloche is a solid player. Jared First is a good player. They've got some guys on that defense that are solid players. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh yeah, there were just, you know, you know, it, it makes it, it it changes things a little bit. Because I was worried about how Graham Mertz is going to deal with a pass rush from a talented FSU front that they built with Braden Fisk and those other guys solid players uh, that they've gotten out of the portal. They built their team that way. They've done a good job with it. Um, So now you've changed things a little bit. Um, You've given the FSU another thing to scheme for. Um, Obviously, they know know what a read option looks like. They played against it. They have to scheme against themselves because Jordan Travis is the kind of guy who can run those. Um, So it's not something completely unfamiliar to them. They've played teams that run it, but they haven't played Florida. It, that runs it. When you're expecting all year, we're going to have Graham Mertz. He's going to sit in the pocket, try to throw. We can pin our ears back, try to get after him, make him uncomfortable. Now you've changed it to, okay, they've got Max Brown. He can run. Uh, don't let Max Brown fool you for a second, though. He's got a lot of great passing numbers he put up in high school. We've seen some highlights from early on in spring ball um, that Max Brown could do some stuff throwing the football. I, I, you know, um, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think Max Brown is going to be the future quarterback for Florida going down the road because I don't think so. I think Graham comes back next year and Graham's still the quarterback, but Max Brown at least gives you something different to look at. Um, it helps, it helps ETN. It helps Montreal Johnson. 
um, be able to get opened up in the run lanes a little more because they're having to watch for the quarterback too. Um, so it, it gives you a few other things to look at with Eugene Wilson and Ricky Pearsall. Now with the jet sweeps, you brought in a jet sweep option that you can run now because of, you know, before that it's, it's obviously it's a pop pass or a jet sweep to one of the wide receivers in orbit because Mertz isn't going to, you know, tuck it and run a draw. He's, he's not doing that. That's just not what he does. Um, now you have to watch for that. So it gives them different things to look at. Um, now, I will say this. A lot of people are kind of down on Tate Rodmaker. I watched Tate play in high school a lot. He's just right up the road in Valdosta. Saw him play a ton. I know his dad, Alan Rodmaker, is a great coach. Um, you know, they, they've been around the area. They're kind of, you know, people that you know here when you talk about high school football. Um, so I, I'm not going to down Tate. I think Tate is a good player. Um, you know, Tate it obviously is never going to be the starting you know, quarterback or the all-conference player or anything like that for State because he's been there this long and he hasn't done it up to this point. That's just not who he is. Um, but he does have a lot more game time under his belt. He's been there longer. Uh, he's been in the system since 2020. So, you know, you're going on four years of playing football for Florida State, um, all under Mike Norvell. So he's had consistent coaching. So I think – Tate knows what he's doing. He's got a great wide receivers and a great tight end to lean on. Some really talented guys with Coleman and Johnny Wilson and Jaheim Bell and Hakeem Williams, you know, good players that Florida State has. Um, so he's got guys to lean on. The Florida State offensive line has played well, but I'm, I'm, I will say this. I think that they've kind of tricked us into believing they're a little better than we think they are. Um, or they're not, excuse me, they're not as good as we think they are because of, have similar things to what we looked at last year with Anthony Richardson. Um, when you have a guy like that's that that dynamic, like Jordan Travis, it makes your offensive line look a lot better because he can move, he can get outside the pocket and throw. Um, there's a lot of play action bootleg stuff that they would do with Jordan Travis, where he's rolling to the left or he's rolling to the right and throwing, so he's never really standing in the pocket. Um, I've seen a lot of times where the offensive line gets blown up. And Jordan Travis is able to escape and get out of there so there's no sack counted against him, so we don't really talk about it. But I think Tate Rodemaker, I'm not saying he's a statue, but he's obviously not Jordan Travis. So you're changing things up again. Uh, we've got pass rushers. Princely, as much grief as we've given, given Princely, Princely's a solid pass rusher. He's got a high win weight. Can't even talk. He's got a high win rate in the pass rushes. Uh, I think he's like second or third in the country. Um, so he does a good job at what he does off the tackle spot uh, running the defensive end. So you've got that to look forward to. Um, you're going to have to play that way. You know, you're going to have to get pressure, and that's the only way you're going to beat him. If, if you can't pressure Rodemaker, if Rodemaker can sit and throw and no pressure with the wide receiver talent that Florida State has, with the lack of talent we have at the defensive back position, it could turn ugly. Um, you don't want to do that. I, I don't think we will. I think the crowd being into it's going to factor. I think um, I think we're going to be able to get some pass rush on him. I, I think that we're going to be you know juiced up. It's the last game of the year. Um, we're going to look at guys doing things that we haven't seen them do this year. Kind of like what we looked at when we played Missouri last week. We saw guys doing things that we hadn't seen all year. That they played you know better in certain spots than I think we expected. Um, that being said, though. I expect Florida State to probably win this game 34 to 30. Um, I think there's going to be points put up on both sides. Um, 
I think that's just the nature of the beast this year. But I, I think I think the Florida State is probably going to win this game, just because you know I'd feel a lot better if we had Graham Mertz. I will say that. Um, but Max, you know, I'm not down in Max, but you know, you just when you have a guy like Mertz who's a you know a veteran quarterback, he knows how to deal with things like this. Uh, he's been the guy that the offense has run with. All the wide receivers have a rapport with him. They their timing issues aren't going to be there as much as they are with a guy like Max Brown who hasn't thrown to them in game situations like Graham Mertz. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be – I think this game could go either way. I, I think that we could definitely win. But I, right now I, I think Florida State wins. All right, Wes, uh, follow that up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a close ball game. I think we get a couple of turnovers. That's something I've been hoping for the defense to get more of. I think we get a couple of sack fumbles. Uh, CJ was kind of alluded to it in his uh, – yeah, <laughs> I think we get a couple of sack fumbles. I think Princely, Cersei, Collins, and the boys show up and get a couple of sack fumbles. I think we blitz more. Um, he does have some experience. It's kind of like we switch quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Like, Max Brown is more of a runner like, uh, uh, like Florida State's quarterback that's out. Can't remember his name for some reason. Think talking about my but Travis. Uh, <laughs> that Travis and Merce is more like the quarterback from Florida State now that's coming in. So kind of switch quarterbacks and what they uh, what they can do. I think uh, this will help Montre. I think having him will help. Mont- we saw Montre do really, really, really well with AR in the backfield last year. Uh, as far as trying to bounce some of those plays outside that I really hate when he does it. But uh, I think that, that this will help Montre and as far as ETN as well in the run game. Uh, I need to see Max Brown get 75 yards this game. Uh, if he gets 75 yards rushing or more, I think we have a good chance of winning. Uh, I need him to slide and get his ass on the ground, though. Don't need him getting injured. Uh, but I think if he gets no, 75 plus, <laughs> I need him uh, getting 75 yards. I think if he does that, we have a great chance of winning this game. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of one to maybe one side reads uh, like Mertz. Even the first touchdown pass he hit Trey Wilson on on the first drive against Missouri, he was able to go. He's not at Mertz. Mertz with one, two. Oh, that's Trey. Three, and he hit uh, Trey on that touchdown pass. I don't see Max Brown doing that. I see one, two, and maybe he should shoot up the field and try to get as much as he can. I don't want him sitting back there trying to read with our offensive line. Uh, CJ alluded to Florida State's deep D line. I don't think Florida State is good. The best, I think their best win maybe Duke this year. They should have lost that Clemson. If you want to call it Clemson as their big win, biggest win, I don't see Florida State as this formidable foe. We at Grand Burst, I guarantee you that we probably win this game, even though I skipped with the back of quarterback. But the, our defense just scares the, the, the living daylights out of me. I don't know, even with a backup quarterback, what to expect from those guys on defense, especially with uh, linebackers. I hope this Scooby can play this week. Uh, hopefully we can blitz and put pressure on the quarterback. And hopefully our corners can – Go up against Wilson or drop balls. Coleman is the one that scares me. Uh, Wilson seems like he makes the tough catches but drops the easy stuff. I don't know. Uh, the, the player that scares me the most on their offense, which I think they're, what they don't do a lot of, which is, is, is kind of like we went back to Dame, talking about Damian Pierce, Pierce earlier, um, is the fact that they don't give Benson the ball. Like, Benson is a freaking monster. I'm like, that dude is a guy. And they, if they run, if he gets over 100 some yards, they're gonna win. They they should rush him 20 times a game. They don't for some reason. 
they get two or four, whatever his name, some touches. I think that's his name. I don't mean to say whatever his name is, but two or four, they get they no get feeling, but yes, yeah, feeling. But Benson is that dude. <laughs> it should be like twenty-five to ten, not even carries when it comes to those. Benson, like he runs hard, he breaks tackles, like he's everything you want. But for some reason, he gets like 11, 12 carries a game. Sometimes I don't think he's like fifteen to seventeen to twenty. But if they eat him like they may do because they have a back quarterback in, we may be in some trouble. But Benson scares me. He breaks a lot of tackles, and he's well. He's like ETN after contact. But I and I leave that's all I have first. But I, I think we can win. I just we have to stop Benson. We have to focus on Benson. Uh oh. Uh-oh. We lost Wes. But we lost Wes. We lost Wes. He'll be back in a minute. Got to get his score prediction. Um, in the in the words of the of the great Dan Fouts, um, last game of the season, Brent can't hold anything back. Can't hold anything back now. <laughs> um, I really, I really hope Billy takes the. Uh, I don't know what the right term here is. I, I, let let Max just go out there and do his thing. Right. I mean, at this point, look, I don't want to say there's nothing really to play for because there obviously there is. And you're playing in front of recruits. You're playing for bowl eligibility. But most importantly to me, you're playing to beat your damn rival and spoil their opportunity to possibly go to the playoff. Um, I think that's your most important message to send in the locker room. Don't worry about going to a bowl game. Because you know it's not going to be – it's going to be some meaningless bowl game anyway. You don't worry about the extra practices. Don't worry about any of that. Go out there and play in front of your home crowd for the last game of the season. Some of you are last game in the uniform against your rival. Some of you be the last game playing football ever. Yes, exactly. Um, And give it everything you got, whether you're, you know you're leaving, maybe you're transferring, you're going pro, you're going whatever you're going. You're going home. I mean, you know, whatever it may be. But go out there to this game and beat them guys in your last opportunity and wreck their season. Because I hate to ever put the term on it, hey, this is our Super Bowl, but this game kind of is our Super Bowl. God, I wish we treated a game like our Super Bowl. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) if we're really going to be honest, if we want to talk about it, this game kind of is our Super Bowl for the year because you don't have anything else really. You're not playing for any kind of championships. You're not playing to go to a bowl that's worth a crap even if you get the one, which there is a chance that you could even go to a bowl if you lose this game because they revealed this week that not enough teams are eligible at with six wins that they may have to ask teams that are five and seven or whatever. And we'll, t- we'll tackle that, you know, when it comes if we have to. But, yes. Tell your guys, go out there, play loose, play at home. You've got the crowd on your side. You've got everything on your side. Max Brown, I don't know what Max Brown's future holds. This this could be – Max Brown might treat this game like, hey, I'm auditioning for every other team in the country to go be their quarterback next year. He knows Graham's probably coming back. He knows DJ Lagway's coming in and not to sit behind Max Brown. I mean, you can – Say all day long, well, Max might just be a competitor and one, and and maybe that's true. I don't know Max like that, but if I'm Max Brown, 
and I'm serious about playing football for a future, I'm probably not wanting to stay at the University of Florida. So I'm going out and going, you know what? I'm about to put my audition on tape. You're going to see what I bring to the table. Some team, you know, a division one, whatever it may be, but I'm about to go put the best game of my life on tape. It, it's, it takes more though. I mean, the defense has got to do their thing and, and I'm with Wes. I believe Benson, if, if, if we can sell out to stop Benson in the run game, I think we can we can do the thing on on you know as far as stopping their receivers. But I mean, hey, you you, you got to do it and and show it and you know have has this team done this in any game besides Tennessee? No. <laughs> so, but hey. It's a very similar circumstance, except we're just missing a few more players, obviously, than when we played Tennessee. Um, my score prediction, oh, man, I hate it. I'm, I'm nervous, guys. I'm nervous. I think this could be an ugly game. And then, like CJ said, it could be a, a, a game where a lot of points are scored. But I'm going to go right now, and I'm calling it. I don't usually do the, the hype man kind of thing. But I'm going 33-30 Gators win on a Trey Smack field goal. And the defense hangs on to win the ball game. All right. Well, um, Wes isn't here, man. Right now, we need him to get back in here because this is the last week of uh, of the Pickums. And um, man, CJ has has opened up a two game lead here. Oh my gosh! CJ went seven and three last week. I went six and four. Wes went five and five to kind of kind of bury Wes's chances on the season. CJ goes to 86 and 34 on the year. Hirsch is 84 and 36. Wes is 81 and 39 coming up trailing in the back. Um, you know, it just, it is what it is for you, Wes. It, it's Wes takes game. If, if Wes could have all his UGA picks back, you know, <laughs> we'd be talking about something here, but, um, all right, well, CJ, I guess we're just gonna start it with me and you, and then Wes will have to mail in his pick. Like I said, it's kind of be- it's kind of between me and you anyway right now. So we're gonna do That's what right. we gotta do. All right, this this week slate of games ain't real good, even though it's rivalry week. It's just not a whole lot of good rivalries playing this week. I threw some curveballs in here though for us this week. All right, first game: Kentucky at Louisville. Louisville barely hanging on to beat. Um, Miami last week and Kentucky going down to South Carolina. Good God. Yeah, I didn't have that one happening. Um, give me give me Louisville. I feel like Louisville has a lot more to play for right now than Kentucky. Um, Louisville's at times looked like a very good football team. I like Jack Plummer. So uh, I'll take the cards um, as they get ready to play Florida State. Man, I tell you right now, I, all day long I've been looking at this and I want to pick Kentucky. I want to say, you know, Kentucky's going to out-physical them. Um, Kentucky, but it's at Louisville, and you got beat by South Carolina, and you scored 14 points. I just can't bring myself to do it, man. I really wanted to to, to maybe pick up a game there because I knew CJ was going to pick Louisville, but I can't do it. I just can't bring myself to do it. Give me, give me Louisville as well. All right. The Iron Bowl, baby. Alabama at Auburn. Any contest here? <laughs> no. <laughs> God almighty, Auburn Auburn got mollywopped by New Mexico State. 
that can't be. I heard Auburn was improving every single week. They, they, somebody told me Auburn was good, and they don't understand how Billy's struggling if Auburn looks so good. And I was like, are we watching the same Auburn? Or they, they must be watching Auburn's no, equestrian. No. Auburn, I was told Auburn gets better every single week, and they're going to be a you know. Auburn's got a hole to dig out. Auburn and us are like hand in hand. We're like cousins at this point. We've been we've been doing <laughs> we've been doing the same thing every year. Um, but yeah, I'll take I'll take Alabama. It's not going to be close. Alabama's got a lot to play with, play for. They're not they're not slowing down. Yeah, Bama, me too. That's that's only on there because the, all the other games were so bad. To be very honest with you. All right, Miami travels up to Boston College. This could be a, a tricky game here for old. Uh, Miami, Miami. Who you got? Yeah, man. I wanted to. I wanted this should be easy. I should be able to just say Miami, but damn it, <laughs> Florida State struggled with Boston College at home. Boston College is still a very good team. Damn it, Mario. I'll take Miami. Just beat these guys. Don't let them the the ghost of Doug Flutie come back to haunt you at this point. I'm gonna tell you right now, I think they're I think they're mentally whipped. I'm taking BC at home. I can't, I can't blame you. I can't. It's just hard. That's just that's I, a hard. This one. is the kind of game that Miami will drop. They they'll play tough against Louisville. They'll play tough against Florida State. But because they lost both those games, they'll go up there and play like complete ass in this game because they'll have their you know they'll have their ass on their shoulders. Yeah. All right. University of Texas San Antonio at Tulane. Tulane eleven and one. UTSA eight and three on the season. Ooh, and and rumors abound that Michael uh, that that Platt's going to be transferring after the game. Yeah, there's also rumors around that UTSA's head coach might be transferring after the game. Um, you know, give me Tulane. In this one, I, I think I'll take I'll take Elaine Tulane and Coach Fritz. Yeah, I, I think um, Tulane cruises in this one. Um, so I'm going to take Tulane as well as they they go probably to 12 and one on the season. And you get ready for their their rematch with uh, the Pac-12 team. All right, there's a big rivalry with Georgia teams this week, but I'm not picking the one. We're not taking the one that you think we're going to take because to me that's not a ball game. But if you know anything about small-time college football, Georgia Southern and App State is a huge rivalry. I live just a few miles from Statesboro, where Georgia Southern is. And, man, Georgia Southern and App State hate each other. And this is just a good game year in and year out. So Georgia Southern travels to Boone, North Carolina, to take on App State. App State fresh off the upset of James Madison. CJ, who are we going to take? It's hard to win in Boone. I'm gonna take App State. I want to take Georgia Southern, but I'll take App State at home. Southern has been floundering. Yeah, Helton. I thought Helton had him had him in prime position over there, but something has not clicked in the last. Month. Yeah. Um. I. But what you said, if you ever get a chance, this is a segue kind of thing. If you ever get a chance to go to Boone, North Carolina, where Appalachian State's campus is. Make that trip. There is no more beautiful campus in the world to me 
than the campus of Appalachian State at Boone. Get me beautiful, beautiful. Give me Appalachian State, and it kills me because I love Southern. Right, I love Southern too. I've got cousins at Southern. Oh, what is Southern? Like I said, I live right down the road, so I could go to every Southern game they play at home. Anytime, it's easy for me to get tickets to go watch Southern play. My grandfather was head of boosters for Irk Russell his last two years at Georgia Southern. I have a national championship ring with my name on it from there. But damn it, <laughs> this ain't Irk's Eagles. <laughs> All right. Oregon State travels to Oregon. The Bo Nicks for Heisman show is is starting to wind down. We think Oregon probably takes this one pretty easily. Yeah, they're not playing in Corvallis, so give me Oregon. Uh, if they play in Corvallis, it's a different different animal. That place is just something. Uh, this would be the last ever meeting between you know yearly between Oregon and Oregon State. Yeah, they haven't that, resigned. That sucks. This will end the the Civil War. Um, so yeah, give me give me Oregon. All right, Texas A&M at LSU. The uh, the hey Jimbo used to coach here bowl. <laughs> oh God, um, it's LSU. I mean, yeah. you're you're playing a team without a coach. Um, LSU is really good. A, a team without a coach and a team that it it sounds like a whole bunch of people are about to jump ship off of. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I don't know if how many of those kids' heads are going to be into this game, or they're going to be like, yeah, I, I, just, I think I Evan just, Stewart isn't traveling with the team. Yeah, um, that's huge. That alone is like somebody's about to pay top dollar for Evan Stewart. You can believe. Yeah, that. he might be saying roll tide soon. Roll tide or uh, poke them horns or or you will go to USC. I'm sure. I don't know unless uh, you know uh, he moves on over there. Um, but uh, yeah, I could see him going to Texas for sure. All right. Let's hit Tobacco Road, man, for for an ACC matchup. UNC travels to NC State. Hmm. This is a tough one again. UNC is UNC is they are skid marks in the bottom of the drawers at this point. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. And how how involved how checked out is Drake May at this point? How checked out is the whole team at this point? Um, Drake May is looking at the NFL. NC State. Again, but NC State isn't great either. Eight and three got, on the season. I was actually surprised by that. They've got a good defense. Um, and North Carolina State does not. Um, no, excuse me, North Carolina doesn't have a good defense. North Carolina State does. I'll take the Wolfpack in this one. Um, Wolfpack is back, causing mass destruction. So uh, we'll go with them. Yeah, I, I damn near expected Kevin Nash to come onto the podcast yeah. after that. You know what, though? I need a win, man. So I'm going to go Tar Heels. You go either way, man. Flip the coin at that point with me. Mac Brown. This could be Mac Brown's last uh, hurrah, man, after this kind of finish. All right. I was hoping Wes would at least be here for this pick. Clemson at South Carolina. South Carolina off a, off a pretty good moral victory against uh, Kentucky. Clemson has really rebounded strong here the last few weeks, though. Yeah, Clemson. Clemson looks a lot better than they have, but they're playing in Williams, Bryce. But it ain't October now. It, it, it ain't October. It's, it's Cockvember. It's um, no nut November. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it, it. Um, man, this is another one that I just just tough because I mean, you look at Cade Club. He has not played in any environment like 
Williams Bryce up to this point. That place is going to be rocking. They can put points on the board. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me, give me South Carolina. Ooh. I'll take, I'll take the Gamecocks. I think they upset Clemson. I think Clemson plays just a little too much defense for South Carolina. That, that's. That was my pick already beforehand as I had it already written down that I wanted Clemson just because I believe defensively, I don't believe South Carolina can score as many points as they'll need to. And we know they can, you know, South Carolina's going to give up some points. So right. we'll see. All right. The big one. Another one of those. Hey, we're giving away all the money at 12 o'clock in the damn afternoon. Knock the, the crust out of your eyes. It's our game of the week. Yeah. Oh, my God. What are they doing out there? How is this not an 8 o'clock game? I just don't understand it at all. Um, Ohio State at Michigan. CJ, what are you thinking? Yeah, I don't know, man. This is, again, it's another one. There's no Jim Harbaugh. Um, Ryan Day, rumors to Texas A&M are heating up for some reason. Uh, I don't know if there's any merit to that. That's kind of fun. <laughs> um, I can't see that. I can't either. I can't either. But I mean, you know, A and M throw around some pretty big money. Um, I know Ohio you know, State fans turn on you fast. It's about as fast as Florida fans do. I, I, after what I watched from Michigan, uh, JJ McCarthy has not been playing very well. Give me Ohio State. I'll take the Buckeyes. I think they get this one back with no Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. Well. You stole my thunder, man. I thought for sure you were going to take Michigan. I already had Ohio State written down. I'm going to stick with it because I'm a man of my predictions. I really do. I think I think Day really knows he needs this one. He if does. I, it, I mean, I don't think he's getting – don't get me wrong. They're not firing him if he loses this game. I mean, the man's undefeated on the season. But if you lose to Michigan three years in a row – you know, people are going to start being ornery as hell towards him. I don't especially even know the last coach that's done that at Ohio Especially State. if Harbaugh is not on the – with Harbaugh not on the sidelines. Like, then it really becomes – God, you can't even out-coach the intern coach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But make no mistake, Jim Harbaugh is on a headset somewhere <laughs> or on a phone talking to somebody. Thank <laughs> He might be in the stands. It's 2000, you know? Yeah, he might be dressed up. He probably <laughs> – him Jarball out in the <laughs> yeah, that's him. <laughs> Probably send his brother undercover. Yeah, that's know. right. right. <laughs> Ravens gear on something out there. All right, boys, that's our picks. I don't know what our, happened to our man West. Apparently, is is either his power went out or his internet went out, something. But we lost him. We'll get his picks written down, even though they don't really much matter at this point. Like I said, but man, that's our show for this week, guys. Um. We want to make sure that y'all have a great Thanksgiving. Spend great time with your family. Enjoy it and all the things that you're thankful for in your life. But we want to take a second. I'll speak for CJ and and Wes on this. And we want to say how thankful we are to all of you that have supported us here at this podcast for over a year now. Um, I know we don't generally have this. We don't have breaking, you know, earth shattering news. We don't have maybe all the flashy interviews that you would like in your podcast. But those of you that do listen and follow us are great, man. You're, you, you, you're involved in our Facebook chat that we have and our Facebook group and with our Twitter page. And we can't say thank you enough to all of you guys that 
download the podcast every week or watch us on YouTube and leave your comments, leave your likes. We appreciate each and every one of y'all so much. We hope y'all have a great holiday. Um, hope it's safe. Hope you have a great time with your family. Don't eat too much. You know, CJ, anything to add to that? Uh, no, just uh, uh, thank you guys so much again for supporting us. Uh, make sure you check out our friends at Alma Mater. They've got the basketball jersey program hopping up. Uh, the Gators are playing in about an hour and a half uh, as we're dropping this. Yeah. Um, so, you know, check out Gator basketball. Get hyped up for that. The Gators look pretty good up to this point. They lost do one. look good, man. We're working on getting somebody on here to talk a little basketball here for a few weeks. Yeah, I'd before, like that. Before we can get CJ fully immersed. It's in, almost in the, time. I can taste time, it. Baby. I can taste it. We're almost, almost dead of winter. Guys will start getting ready to get out in the spring yeah. and play some baseball. Start stretching it out. I tell you what, we'll take we'll take a time to uh, say that I'm thankful for the Gators baseball team for making the final of the national championship of the World Series. Uh, good on them. Good for giving us some some really something really good to be happy about. Some really good play on the field. Uh, You're going to be thankful for Jack Caglione going that's to right. 40, we're gonna be 40, 40 bombs this year. Yeah, we're going to be thankful for Jack Caglione when he's throwing 102 miles an hour and hitting, and hitting one 470. Yeah, just just <laughs> blasting one into the into the uh, other into the softball stadium. So, uh, you know, just thank you guys so much though for real. Uh, again, support our friends at Alma Mater. They do a lot to help us. Uh, they're gaming the fans and the athletes as well. The NIL program, um, you get to rep your favorite player, you know, go out there and get you some, uh, by the way, go out there, check out Graham Mertz's shop. He's not, you know, sponsor me, but he's got his, his shop with his shirts and his hoodies and stuff. Go check his stuff out. Uh, yeah, man. you know, he, he broke his collarbone for you. Why don't you break a 20 for him? Um, you know, get him some, get him some dough. Mertz, man. I, let's go. Yeah. I, yeah I, let's I, get Merch so good, baby. Uh, yeah, so baby. Thank, thank you guys so much again. We really appreciate you. Yes, we do, guys. Have a great, safe holiday. Enjoy it with your family, and go Gators. Go Gators. Hail the Florida State. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns